Hey guys, this is Kevin and Aisha Shelton with the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. Where we navigate partnership, prosperity, and parenthood. Hey guys, this is Aisha Shelton. And this is Kevin Shelton. Welcome back to Marriage and Real Estate. We're back. Together. Because you were by yourself last week. I was. Why? It's Mother's Day and you had stuff to do. Was it? Yeah. And I had a chemical pill. Yeah. That was pretty disgusting. But you also had stuff to do. You telling people all about your chemical pill. Yeah. Go ahead. I think I just told them you had off for Mother's Day. Oh, that's well, sweet of you. She had a chemical pill. <laughs> yeah, that's why. So today we'd like to talk about um, land theft in the African-American community. <laughs> you went to like a news report of what land theft in the African-American community. Oh, well, I mean, it's a thing. That's true. Now, so um, starting off this week, I watched an interesting video, as always, YouTube University, <laughs> and the topic of that was land theft in the African-American community, um, and Aisha came up with the catchy title of Inherited Property. Mm -hmm. So, um, to jump into Wait, it. Wait, let's not jump. Let's not jump into it. So, because we're in real estate, we always get questions about random and different real estate mm -hmm. challenges and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so we've gotten several calls about, hey, I inherited this land. I don't know what to do with it. Um, a lot of times we get questions about, hey, I inherited this land in, you know, Shepherd, Texas or Long John, Texas. Mm -hmm. I made that up, but so somewhere that, Texas, yeah. There's probably a town called Long, Long John, John, Texas. Texas has the most randomly named towns in the whole U.S. Yeah, so people have this have inherited this land and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do with it or I don't know what I want to do with it. Um, and even in the communities that we develop, we have challenges with land theft, you know, here in the city as yeah. well. Deep changing, people stealing it from people today, like active yeah. like land theft happening in the city today. So we just thought, I mean, Kevin saw this really interesting video that I'm sure he'll tell you guys more about. But also, we just want to talk about it because we know that it's a plight of our community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even in our own family, I know we, we've dealt with that and lost lots of land like that, even in our own, my, my family. Um, so to give an overview of what it is, essentially, from slavery, when Blacks first had the ability to buy land right after slavery, there was a huge surge in Black ownership. So... Uh, essentially, we went out and bought the South, right? Like, we had millions and millions of dollars in wealth in land. Well, over time, from basically the, the late 1800s to now, we have lost the majority of that land, mm -hmm. down to the tune of about 90%. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has come from, essentially, land theft. Uh, and it's not land theft like somebody walks up and steals your land like they did Native Americans. It was legal land theft where it was eminent domain or uh, this wasn't properly deeded to you, so we take it, or people not paying the taxes, so they lose it. It was things like that. And in the black community, uh, tax kind of implications and tax loss is a huge problem, as well as in rural areas, when developers find a, a parcel of land or a piece of land that will eventually become valuable, there's a lot of 
trickery that can go into acquiring the land from black families. So this video specifically talked about um, several areas that are now really, really popular tourist destinations and things like that that were at one time African-American communities. And actually, it's funny, there were huge parts of uh, Central Park in New York that was an African-American community. Yeah, there's lots of press now mm -hmm. that is going on about that. And I guess it's not as much as land theft completely, but land theft and land loss. Yeah. Um, because, you know... Our, and that land was actually eminent domain. It was, it was stolen by the government. Right. You know what I mean? So um, the video kind of showed that in rural parts of the South, there were lots of communities where essentially there's something called uh, it's called heirs land or uh, what is it? Not heirs land. You watched it. I did. I, I did. <laughs> it's called heirs property. And this is when land is left to more than one person or, you know, in a lot of families case, multiple people like tens and twenties of people. And what happens is uh, as families grow and they move away from their kind of ancestral homeland or family family home <laughs> it's not ancestral homeland but you know oh what i mean like, once your family from your grows, hometown when from you your hometown. yeah okay ancestral uh, homeland it's just you just move from your hometown that's it all right yeah. <laughs> move from your hometown um there's a lot of essentially disbursement and as those heirs in that property don't know they own the property or have an interest in it get notified by different developers or different uh, investors seeking to buy the land, they sell it, right? So one of the cases that they followed, there was an heir in New York and this property was owned by like 42 people. Mm. There was an heir in New York that sold and it was like a fractional percentage, it might've been 5%. Well, they put the investor in contact with other family members. So the investor ended up buying 51% mm -hmm. of this property. Mm -hmm. Well, after they own 50% of it, they can then force the sale for the remainder at auction and they buy it. Mm. So it's a way that investors get land not only for super, super cheap, but also basically under the radar and can uh, evict the people who live on the land and all this other stuff. So tell me if this is wrong, but I'm thinking clever. Wow. Yeah, it's, you know, it's an <laughs> investing strategy, but it ruins I mean, but are you supposed to say no? I don't see this up. I don't want to take this opportunity that is presented itself. What do you mean? And just in general, like if there's 42 people that own this property and I've managed to get 22 people to say, hey, I want to sell my piece. Am I upset about that? Well, here's the thing about it. Those 22 people aren't the ones who paid the taxes. Those 22 people aren't the ones who... Sound like nobody's the paying the taxes. That's not true because it's not in that scenario. Mm -hmm. That's not a tax foreclosure sale. That's people forcing the sale. So people maintain the property. Mm -hmm. So there was a mother who was living on this property and it was literally three generations down. Her mother's mother, her mother and her all lived in this house and were paying the taxes, lived on the land and were forced to move because an investor bought out the heirs from a great-great-grandfather. So let me tell you what this tells me. I did not watch the video. Um, we're the generation to get our legacy affairs in order, That's right? True. Finding out who does own land and what that looks like now, right? And now that you mentioned, I'm glad you said it because 
hey, y'all know I don't forget things. I don't remember things very well. But, you know, my dad and I kind of went down this rabbit hole maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago mm-hmm. where I was like, well, who owns the land in Louisiana? I know mm-hmm. I have family that live on land. I know that we have land in Louisiana, but I'm just like, what happens to that? Where does it go? And see, that's airspark. But, but the generation, the generation of, you know, multifamily, everybody I know wants to own a duplex, everybody I want I know wants to create generational wealth. And we might just need to tap into our family. What our families have, right? Well see the problem is it gets messy, right? Definitely so when you gets have messy. So many people, it gets messy. And I'll I'll give my own family example in Hallettsville, my family's from Hallettsville on my dad's side. Well, there's nine siblings. And of those nine siblings, somebody has a problem with something. Sure. Right. So even when, you know, like for us, for instance, there was an opportunity to buy some acres and then an aunt twice removed said, hey, well, I, if they're going to do this, I want $50 million or mm-hmm. I want whatever. It makes it difficult for you to rectify all those things because of those people, somebody doesn't want one person to own it. There is a single African-American family that hasn't had an experience like this or doesn't have a story like this because I remember my aunt calling me saying like oh there's this house in Galveston and it was her husband's family Mm -hmm. so he passed away I remember that and they had they had rights to she had rights to it because she's his surviving spouse and it it was a difficult time trying to that house is still tied up it probably is and because it only takes one person to tie it up right so i don't know if i'm if i am that upset that somebody because it could it can be and it should be us to bring people together and even if that means buy people out like that's a part of it too it's so, that's the crazy part about it is these investors are just buying people out that's it a lot of times, and just in the black community, this is a problem. We won't let each other buy each other out. Because even in our situation, I remember we offered to buy some family members out. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to sell to us or didn't want to sell to a particular person because they said, we don't want X, Y, Z having this. But see, and they'll sell when, to, you know, that's random Joe like Blow investor. You get, you get resourceful, right? Um, and you just, I mean, the banker, hello, the banker, I'm going to get a homeboy over here. Hey, can you represent, buy, I'm going to buy it back from you. Because if you're going to do all that work to acquire 50% of something that 42 people own, Oh no, I think you kind of it's yours now. <laughs> I mean, we have a you know very, what I mean? Uh, it, investor it, investory approach. I, I think it. we do have a very investor approach. And what also I've seen in families too, particularly families that look like mine, is that you know there's also that one person that wants to come to the table and kumbaya and bring everybody in. And when you ro- come across those people who are like, I'm not selling, or I want some astronomical retarded amount of money Mm -hmm. for you know their share or whatever worthless land right that they can that they can tie up if they wanted to i mean my next step is i'm gonna sit around the table so let me tell y'all if any of my family members are watching i'm gonna sit around the table and i'm gonna say we should do this together and then my first sign of opposition (laughs) what i'm gonna do is figure it out on my own so when i own the land myself you know just know I kind of worked hard for it. So let's 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 centralize this back to us because we own lots of things and we have three children, right? Mm-hmm. So 
I know that we've we've always talked about a family trust mm-hmm. uh, and making our children trustees, and that can easily or pass down from generation mm-hmm. to generation. And we've learned that by investing in real estate, right? Um, so, essentially, to give context to people who are trying to figure this out in their own lives, mm-hmm. if you're able to learn now, let control, me stop you. go ahead. Because I know you're going to get all complicated and talk about trusts and this and that. I wasn't. Okay, because I was going to say, it didn't even have to be all that. It I def- wasn't. It I needs wasn't. to be in writing. I, I was going to say, if you have the opportunity to solely take control of family land like you were talking about, mm-hmm. right, then you need to legalize that, like formally work with a title company to deed that property in your name, and then you control it and put that in a trust or something. Um and you can you work with your attorney. I can say trust. <laughs> I didn't explain a trust. The the point is, work with your professionals, attorneys, um, tax professionals, CPAs, all of the good jazz, to formalize that relationship. Because one of the things that the video talks about is 95% of the problems with land in this community, with the black community specifically, could be solved by just cleaning up the title. Mm-hmm. with the title company, mm-hmm. right? So they said the majority of um, deed issues could be rectified between twenty-five dollars to $10,000, $2,500 to $10,000. But most black families don't have that. Don't have that, right. Secondly, most people don't know that they can go with the title company um, to clean up title. And we've cleaned up title on lots of properties. We bought stuff that had messy titles that we had to get cleaned up. We bought airship properties. Mm-hmm. That can be a mess. We bought um, tax foreclosure properties. We bought auction properties. Um, we bought estate properties. We bought a lot of fucking properties. <laughs> it's funny though, but going through all these experiences, it's given us the the tools to understand it from a, a complex standpoint to simplify it down, right? Work with the title company to get it right, then buy it or deed it in your name. And then why why is this important, right? Because wealth is passed down from generation mm-hmm. to generation through these means, right? Yep. And because one, it was taken from us because of our lack of knowledge, yep. not taken from us hostily. It wasn't like I'm gonna jack you up and, you know, take it from you, hold you at gunpoint and take it from you. Sometimes. It, but, yeah, no, right, what my, my point is, the more knowledgeable we are about these things and these affairs, the more equipped we are to not have our land taken from us. And it's, it, it's not just, you know, I'm not saying like, hey, Chris, we got Christopher Columbus in here because it, it's more than just, you know, uh, Caucasian people that are coming through our communities and acquiring our land, mm-hmm. just to be clear. And so we can be our own saviors, right? Yep. We can be the ones who help either help people, not that's what we do with the podcast, by the way. So watch this episode. And all I'm so saying is- So don't call us, watch the find, podcast. Find the professionals who do this, you know, for pay. Um, but also to bring awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And in my opinion, I think that it's the conversations that get us there because this is not something, even when somebody says, man, I inherited this property, I don't know what to do with it. That's, that's That's a journey. This is mm-hmm. not, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Yeah. So even from acquisition of, hey, I just found out I have this property, to get from where the property is and whoever's name that's deceased that you just found out you own to actual ownership and usefulness of the land or viability of the land, that's a journey. Um, and so 
why not start the journey while one, these people are alive, right? Mm -hmm. Your grandmothers, your great grandmothers, your parents, even, you know, what, what do you have rights to, right? Even you, because a lot of people own houses and stuff and don't have anything in place to protect their children. No, uh, agreed, agreed. I mean, my, my father has mineral rights. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about this. Who still has? I know some of my uncles and aunts have sold theirs, but what does that look like? Because that will soon pass down to my family if you haven't sold yours yet. And what position are we in? And so to me, these are the kinds of conversations that should be had because that's your right. And what will happen is somebody else is banking on my right to, they're waiting for this to be- banking on your ignorance. Right, specifically- you know, I know that some of my aunts and uncles have sold their rights already. So I'm sure there's some very sophisticated person who owns those, who's just waiting for the rest of them to, you know, kick the bucket and and then they own the entire, you know. The craziest part about it is like your mineral rights in your family, right? That can still, that can be done through leasing, right? So your family leased the land for mineral rights. So what happens to the land? No, they they no they had they, they had the mineral rights. They sold it. certain people have sold theirs completely. Sold the mineral sold, rights. Sold what the about rights. the land itself? Mm, I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. So like the the family with the 42 people, that developer bought it for timber. He cleared the land, mm-hmm. and now there's nothing on it. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why they couldn't have leased that land to him. Let him clear the timber make the money from the lease and keep the land because what they cared about was the long-term but it's, holding land. but it's the knowledge it's the just missing or or the leadership right like to have somebody in your family and maybe that's identification like maybe it's not you maybe it's you're interested in this maybe you you're saying like hey the Shelton's bring up a good point. I should talk to my family about what this looks like. And maybe there's a capable person in your family that can carry this mantle. And maybe it's generational. In my opinion, I feel like our generation is a generation to come through and say, hey, let's talk about this and what this looks like down the line from our parents and our parents' parents. What exists right now, especially while we have the opportunity to have these conversations. I mean, they're still with us. No, and... You know what? You brought up a good point at the beginning of the podcast when you said before you go buy a duplex and before you get on your generational IG kick. I'm just saying. Start with your family with and your see family. what you can invest your money in to buy what exists. So before you get on, you know, www.blackexcellence.com, <laughs> get with your family and see what you can invest your money in to own what you've already had for generations. Right. Because honestly, and I'm just thinking about what, two generations, like my grandparents, Mm -hmm. they worked really hard to acquire these assets for it to just get lost in and some opportunists. And honestly, I'm talking about it. It needs to be me. I I need to be the opportunist. (laughs) I need to be the, the more we talk about it, I'm like, if somebody's going to buy- funny, I'm thinking about like your grandma house. Oh my God. (laughs) And the thing about it is, it sounds bad, but somebody's going to do it. Why not me? We should buy your grandma house. Relax. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Look, let's talk offline. Um, No, somebody's going to do it. Why not me? And and honestly, I'm talking to you too. Like, why not you? So even if it's not your family's house, what I'm, what we're identifying for you is opportunity. 
right? So there's all the sexy ways to get involved in real estate and everybody wants to flip and Airbnb is really hot on the market. But man, just imagine what you can acquire if you did look for these kinds of properties and add those to your portfolio. From and your existing family. Even if it's not from your existing or, or family. Or your people that you know come across. Whatever. Exactly. Because there's already that no like trust factor. So even if it's not if it's not your direct family, it could be your cousins, it could be your friends. Mm -hmm. But honestly, when you tell the story about, you know, the people there were forty two people that own this land and somebody bought fifty percent ownership, first of all, that's certainly a marathon. Mm -hmm. I know what that looks like. So you put in all that time and effort to to make that 50% acquisition and nobody was looking out for that. I think it's, it's, it's lack of knowledge in our mm -hmm. community. And so having these conversations, like let's talk about this. Um, and then action. Yep. Action. And you know, thinking about you said Airbnb and stuff, there's a lot of ways that you can make this land make money. There's a lot of ways that you can make it pay for itself. So it doesn't just have to be, you know, singing hole in the sand like, hey, buy grandma's lot and then you don't do anything with it. You just need to figure out, uh, number one, where it is in the in the process. Mm -hmm. And then number two, how to secure it so that y'all have ownership, full ownership. And then number three, how you monetize it so it just doesn't become, you know, a burning hole in your pocket. But here's the thing. It's it is it's. Education mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. It's education and it's also like it's long term, right? So it may not be your generation that benefits from this, but understanding the value of your children and your children yep. having your children and their children having this asset that even if it doesn't manifest or materialize into profit for you today, what does this mean for my family? I mean, because one thing's for certain, right? They're not making any more land always say that and the foundation of wealth starts with real estate right with ownership and land ownership and land ownership right. so your legacy your financial freedom your financial future could be in the palm of your hands literally right you just have to educate yourself in order to find out what what's happening with what you already got right mm -hmm. start where you are use what you got uh, and do what you can like Arthur Ashe always says so that's one of my favorite quotes by the way so I feel like this episode, I know for me, a few things came out of it, right? Like one, identify what, what's in your family mm -hmm. and what do you need to save? Because it's going to be quite difficult when you don't have that person that you can talk to, that you can ask questions. That with, you can touch. That you can touch, right? That's one. And then two, get educated on all of the ways that land can add value or be a value to you because a lot of times people think of land and like oh i'm gonna build a house or i'm gonna make it a rental but there's land leases mm -hmm. there's depending on where your land is located mineral rights mineral rights also I mean, billboards i mean there's so many lots different, of different cell, things. Phone cell phone towers, towers yep. yes so i mean understanding what what value can we extract from this land? And the one thing that other communities are doing that we aren't is valuing the long term. So where we're developing right now, when you look at the ownership in 
a community that is a residential community that is all African-American. When we're buying lots, it's not African-American people who own these lots. And when you look at the history of ownership, which as a real estate agent, I have the ability to do. Mm. When you look at the history of ownership, you see the Johnsons, the Joneses, the Mackeys, the whomever to the Patels to, you know, the there's a, a very certain the Wangs. The, yeah, there's there's groups of people. The Goldbergs. Yeah. That are that are joining together, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you too. There's lots of different. There's either an entity on these on this land, yeah. or it is um, groups of people that have pulled their resources together and have sat on it for five, ten, ten years. Ten years. Uh, probably acquired it for next to nothing. Thousands, a couple of thousands of dollars. Hold that thought. I'm gonna finish, and then. Selling it to us as developers and whoever else is coming through at seventy thousand dollars, uh, one hundred and sixty thousand dollars, and honestly, that's the true value in that land. So even if it's not today, even if it's not cash in my pocket today, what's the long term gain from owning this land? And I think we need to start. We as a community need to start with what we have in our families, but also I've identified opportunity. Anybody that that can, you know, see opportunity and seize it and how you can make that acquisition for yourself. Because why not you? Why not me? That's true. No. So um, Junius and I were looking at land today mm-hmm. and some of these people bought these lots for $5,000. Yep. And now these lots are $80,000. Let's go. Right. And I'm talking about five to 10 years, not a not a very long time for that level of appreciation. Uh, I met a guy once when I was selling cameras for Sony, his family Spanish family had a land grant from Spain. So you, you know how, how long that goes back, right? Mm-hmm. 40,000 acres. So he was buying a camera with GPS coordinates so that he could mark the corners of the property to just keep track of it. But that family kept that land in their family for hundreds of years. Because in order to go back to a land grant from Spain, we're talking 1600s, mm-hmm. right? So that's a long, long time. So his family's been in Texas for a long, long time, mm-hmm. but they also kept their wealth for a long, 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 time. long time. And that's one of the foundations for taking that generational step because our great grandparents did it, right? Like they bought some stuff and held some stuff and it's up to us, it's our obligation to maintain it, retain it, figure it out, fix it, get control of it so that we can go to the next generation. So while, you know, empowerment is super sexy and, you know, buying the block is super sexy, let's buy the ranch. You know what I mean? Let's buy the 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 homestead. Let's buy the backwater property in Louisiana. Let's buy the cotton farm because that's stuff that we already own. And we just need to get control of it. And understand it, understand its value. And this is just, this will be a soapbox comment if I ever seen it. This is definitely a soapbox comment. But y'all, we are asleep. We are asleep watching reality TV. We are asleep listening to music. We are asleep buying sections at the club. And there's an entire group of people and i'm not talking about one group of people there are groups of people that are out here picking up acquiring and amassing things that we can have to one that belong to us 
have belonged to us at some point. Now it's not ours anymore. And you got to get over that. It's not yours anymore. It's sold. Your auntie sold it. Your mama sold it. Your grandma sold it. It's gone. Right. But we can be collect. We can collectively come together to do the exact same thing. But they are putting us to sleep. And I'm not saying they are putting us to sleep. We're putting ourselves. There are things out there that are putting us to sleep. So they're keeping us asleep with the salacious stories that's happening in pop culture. We're talking about Portia and Fallon. Okay, that's what all everybody I know is talking about Portia and Fallon. And we need to be sitting at tables talking about, hey, what what land does your family own? What land does my family own? We need to be calling family meetings about what what our legacy looks like by way of land and property. So wake up, man. I I just woke up. All right. Let's do that. <laughs> I woke up. Let's have some conversations. We need to talk to a few family members because we got some pretty prime real estate. There we go. And See, I'm loving that energy. We need to have these conversations. That's a big developer energy. Go That's ahead. That. What's up? That's what happens when you... When you were eagles, you fly with eagles. When you were chickens, you talking about Porsches. So, you know, I just... It, it's funny. As much as, you know, that's been on the internet, I... Oh, come on. Don't separate yourself from the internet. I'm not separating myself from the internet. I'm saying I didn't see that. I look at plenty of crap on the internet. I didn't see that You sleep, thing. too, with everybody else. Okay. Okay. You sleep. We sleep. But we are awake now. But we wake it up. We are awake now. <laughs> and you know what? I say this is accountability for episodes. Okay. Somebody, you have to remember this. <laughs> we should have the conversation. We should have the conversation with my family. We should have the conversation with your family All and right. say, hey, where where do we stand on this land? What do we own? What so we're going to have own? a follow-up. We're going to have a follow-up yeah. episode to this. I like that. I like it. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So this has been Kevin and Aisha Shelton for the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. And we're about to pick up some prime real estate. <laughs> we out. It might be your family's house. Okay. Oh, Lord, girl. <laughs> Bye. Bye.